Have you read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich? Did you get it at its very core? Did you listen to the previous episode where I shared the first six success principles? Would you like to know the last six? Stay tuned and find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of Think and Grow Rich Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And as you know, I've been in the... You know what? I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, you're waiting for the last six tips on thinking and growing rich my little interpretation of napoleon hill's famous book and you probably already know who i am and if you don't this is if this is the first episode you're listening to i highly suggest you go back one episode to episode 361 where i give you the first six tips on this and this episode is the continuation so i'm going to cut short the the little long-winded beginning of the podcast to continue on with the next six tips but what i will do is i want to give you a quick synopsis of the first six all right which were tip number one burning desire you got to have that burning desire for what it is you want number two you got to have that absolute faith that god is going to make this happen for me well god is going to allow me to make it happen how about that um, and that follows up with number three, which is your self-talk. How are you talking to that man or woman in the mirror, right? Are you talking positive or are you beating yourself up on a daily basis? Number four is specialize. Uh, generalists don't make as much as these specialists and you want to specialize. That's almost a required agreement for uh, agreement. Um, ingredient for sex. Uh, sex. Oh, my God. Where is my mind going? <laughs> Specialization is almost a required ingredient for success today because uh, it's going to give you that clear vision of what it is you want and desire. Uh, you're going to need imagination. Man, that is your real superpower. Uh, is like this invisible ability to attract all the great things and uh, create those great achievements and, and reach out for your prosperity. And then finally, the no-brainer. You got a plan, all right? That was the spoiler alert I gave you towards the end of the last episode. And now we're going to pick it up with number seven. And this, my friends, is where I think, I don't know, 85, 90% of the people fail. Number seven is take massive action. Here's the thing. Once you've used that imagination, that amazing tool that's between your ears to see what it is that you want to do, and you've taken the time to plan out how you're going to do it, then you damn well better get out there and start taking action on a massive scale. And I'm not talking about, well, I reached out to my audience and asked what they wanted and they didn't tell me. 
Well, get up off your butt and go talk to some people, right? Because, uh, again, that's what I was saying. This is where many people fail, and it's understandably so, right? Massive action sounds like this full frontal assault made by the army. Right? Not so. Massive action for you might simply be setting aside an hour per day, every single day, every single day, to work on your goal. See, if you can't sustain your action, you're going to fail. That's all there is to it. I mean, we can we can use the example, and we, we've seen so many of them, and uh, no offense if you're one of them, but think about some of those large, obese, out-of-breath people who almost every single year begin the new year thinking that they're going to exercise vigorously for an hour a day. They're doomed to fail, right? Because the action they've chosen is not sustainable. And, and here's what I mean by this. I'm not trying to insult anybody if you happen to be one of those larger folks, right? What I'm talking about is for someone who hasn't exercised in many, many years, 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, massive action this week might simply be stepping out the front door every day at 8 a.m. and walking around the block. The following week, it might be walking two blocks. The next month, maybe they're doing a mile. For them, that is massive, sustainable action. There will be times when very little action is necessary. You see yourself getting a raise. You know it's going to happen. Your contributions to the company, everyone knows about them. The next week, the boss calls you into the office to say to you, you've got a raise. <laughs> Celebration time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Here's the thing. These type of things happen all the time. Our directs, our thoughts, like I mentioned before in a previous episode, our thoughts direct our world. But here's the thing. In many cases, massive, sustained action is going to be necessary. So think of yourself taking action like a marathon, right? Rather than those short bursts of activity, right? Plan on investing a certain amount of effort every single day towards reaching your goal. I open up the show like this. There's no shortcut to success except for taking those little steps towards your goal every single day. Whatever massive action is for you, that's what you have to drive yourself towards. Much like the big person stepping out to lose that weight. Maybe today, just walk into the mailbox is massive action. Tomorrow, it's walking around the block. A month from now, maybe you're up to a half mile. Whatever massive action is for you that you can sustain, that's what you need to do. And that leads right into the next tip, right? Eight is be persistent. And persistency means oh, working when you don't feel like it. Oh my God, Tracy, the whole purpose of this is to get away from working when I don't feel like it, right? When you'd rather be doing something else, I'd rather be over here fishing or watching football. Yeah. Or when just had a bad day. When the last thing you really want to do is anything having to do with work. You just want to veg out in front of the television and yet you still need to work on your goal, right? That's when you're being persistent. If you get up off that veg out mode and continue to push yourself forward, then you're being persistent and you're being consistent. Look, here's the thing. 
challenges are going to happen, right? Enthusiasm is going to wane. And, and it, it's going to happen before before you ever get off the track. You're going to get it. You have to get yourself back on track. If you expect from the very start that not every day is going to bring you a boatload of motivation, then you'll be ready for those days when you kind of sort of don't want to bother with things, right? But you get up and you push yourself forward and you do the work anyway. I'm willing to make a bet with you. Not a dollar bet because I can't exchange dollars with you right now, but I, I, I would suspect with a high certainty that a lack of consistency and a lack of persistency is what has caused a majority of the regrets in your life. I know it has mine. Now, there's been a few regrets I've made from poor decisions. I get that, right? I made a decision to put stuff up my nose way back when, right? And that was uh, something I regret in my life. However, the majority of my big regrets, my heartfelt, oh my God, regrets come from a lack of consistency and a lack of persistency. All right? How about you? Same? I'm, I, I, I feel you're nodding your head. And what if you just kept going? Huh? What if you had acted on your idea? What if you had shared that brilliant thought? What if you had built a plan and taken that first step and that second step and that third step? What if you had actually gone after your damn dream? Hmm? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you only get one shot at life. Uh, maybe you get more, depending on your beliefs. You get one shot at this life. And then maybe we better get our butts up off the chair, off the couch, off the duvet, whatever it is, off the bed and get moving and make the most of it, right? Take a step every day to get where you're going, right? Those little steps towards your goal every single day. Take a step today, take a step tomorrow, and the next day and the next day. Do not quit. Do not give up. Do not take a break longer than two days, even if you're sick. Right. Don't, don't tell me, oh, Tracy, I had COVID, I had the flu, I had this. Okay, I, I get it. Take a couple of days. All right, get yourself back together. And then start doing something, anything, right? Everyone has challenges. But only those people who work to be consistent and persistent in their efforts are going to overcome their challenges and finally succeed. Right? I'm sorry if I, I sound like some motivational mouthpiece, right? Or somebody berating you, but you know everything I said is true. You, you, you know, you feel it in your heart. The question I'm going to leave you with is are you living it? Hmm? All right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm got my soapbox right there. Let's go with number nine. Number nine is you need to rebound from failure. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of using the phrase failure. Uh, failing doesn't mean, doesn't make you a failure. I think quitting does, right? Every time something goes wrong, ask yourself, what's good about this? You've heard me say, if you listen to multiple episodes here, it's not failure, it's feedback. You, you got new data, right? I'm a data geek, right? Keep asking yourself, what is good about this until you find the answer, since I began this practice of, you know, feedback versus failure, I have found something good or even great in nearly 
every bad circumstance that has happened to me. I even took the time to go back and look back into the abyss of some of my super dark times to find the good in them. If I think about my days on the drug-ridden streets of Southern California, the brilliant thing that came out of that is my my first daughter. First off, let's, let's just be honest there. She was my lifesaver. But the other thing I learned back then was how to read people, how to engage people, right? And when when you're when you're on the streets, right, hustling, and sometimes your life is on the line, you better learn how to read someone fast. I'm just saying, right? So while, hey, it's a great skill I can use to this day, I don't like how I learned it. I'm not proud of how I learned it, but it's something good that came out of a dark time, okay? Remember, you only have to get up one more time than you fall down. Every time you stumble, bumble, trip, fall, or face plant, you only have to stand up one additional time. So you can fall 27 times. You only have to get up 28. There you go. And yet so many people out there are going to quit at their very first setback. You know, you've seen them. Maybe it's been you. All right? Oh, my God. Am I even cut out for this? Like it says in the intro in here. Huh? I just, I don't feel like it's me. I don't feel like this is for bullpucky. All right, move on. Get over yourself. Expect there are going to be bumps in the road. Just let go of your damn ego and enjoy the ride. Right? Stop thinking about, oh my God, people are going to think I'm stupid. Okay, let them think that. There are going to people, there are going to be people out there that are going to think you're amazing as well. Your ability to rebound from a perceived failure can bring out your best because every single stumble, bumble, fall in place face plant comes with an equivalent or greater success if you simply stand back up that one more time and keep moving forward. All right, we got three more to go here. <laughs> Number 10, I really love this one. Number 10, collaborate. Collaboration, my friends, is like music. Well, more like magic, right? Think about how powerful it can be to utilize the skills and the knowledge of other people to reach your goals. If we think about some of the great people out there, I remember I mentioned Russell Branson in the, in the previous um, episode of the podcast and how he was able to build so many varied types of businesses. Uh, the, the great steel magnate, uh, Andrew Carnegie, self-admittedly himself said that he didn't know much about the steel business, his own business. But here's the thing, he didn't need to. He went out and found some of the best and the brightest minds in that industry, and he brought them on board. Carnegie not only wasn't afraid to hire people that were more knowledgeable and smarter than himself, he actually went out and bragged about it. And because of his skill at collaborating with others, he became one of the richest people in the world at the time. Now, I was lucky enough to learn this same lesson from another great person, and this was Benjamin Franklin. And Benjamin Franklin had, and I wrote about this in, in my first book, uh, Your Success Atlas, um, he had their one-two crew, and I believe it was spelled J-U-N-T-O, right? It's your one-two crew, and I talk about your your want-to crew and your can't-do crew. And your want-to crew are those folks that you engage with to share ideas and to collaborate with. Meanwhile, your can't-do crew are those folks that are out there, you know, saying you're stupid, right? So who do you want on your team? So 
If you can't work with people, then you're really going to have a challenging time achieving your dreams. That's all there is to it. I don't care what your goals are. You're going to need the help and abilities and sometimes the financial um, contributions of other people. So your ability to collaborate and work with others can be and will be your greatest power. One that brings all of your dreams to fruition if you engage it right. If you want to make a list of everything that you need to do in order to achieve your dreams, you're going to find this. there's quite a lot of different skills that you're going to need. So you can spend several months, even years, mastering each and every one of those skills. And then in a few months or years, you might be ready to proceed forward and start reaching for your goal. Of course, by then, some of what you've learned is going to be a bit outdated, right? And you'll need to go back and learn some more. Or you can try tapping your want-to crew. You can simply find the people who are already masters at what it is you need and allow them to help you, right? You need to learn to be a great salesman or you hire an amazing salesman, right? You could do both actually, right? You can go out there and learn to improve your sales skills and bring on someone who's a master salesman at the same time or saleswoman. Now, all of this does mean you will be compensating other people, but imagine you're building a business. Your goal is to grow it into this six and seven income figure, amazing tool that helps people within six months. Yeah. If you have to take the time to learn to build the perfect website or to write perfect sales copy or to write blog posts or to be a pro at social media, you're going to spend time creating a great product. You're going to spend time recruiting affiliates. Yeah. You're going to be looking at months and months of trial and error while learning from your many mistakes. Could take a year or two before you even get your business up and off the ground, let alone profitable, if that even happens. But if you pay professionals to help you, then you could probably launch your business in a month or two. You could stand on the you'll stand on their shoulders, right? You'll stand a much greater chance of hitting your goal of six or seven figures in six months. Huh? And you'll have saved yourself immeasurable amounts of frustration and hitting your head against the wall and going, I don't know how to do this, not to mention time. So if let's say going alone means earning six figures three years from now and collaborating means earning six figures six months from now, that's a, I don't know, that's a minimum of $250,000 lost by doing everything all by yourself. Uh, I, I, but I can hear some of you now, right? Some of you are going, I don't need the help. <laughs> and if you truly don't, really, if you don't, you know, you, you know how to build a website. You know how to write great sales copy. You're a great salesperson. Man, that's awesome. Go for it. But if that's your ego talking, then I just want you to ask your ego to walk on over there to the side, sit down on the bench while you recruit your all-star lineup to help you win the game. I'm not a sports guy, and why I just launched into this sports metaphor, I'll never know. But I think you get the point. Amateurs think that outsourcing and collaboration costs money. The professionals know it's the fastest and the easiest and the smartest way to earn money to get where you're going in life. 
All right, we'll get off that hobby horse. Man, we're 20 minutes in already, and I got two more to go here. Number 11, calculated risks, right? I hope you'll take note to the word calculated. If you want to change anything in life, there is going to be a risk that you're going to need to assume, however slight it might be or however large it might be. And sometimes that risk feels far too great. Not because of the consequences could be dire, but because as humans, we tend to naturally be risk averse. Now I've met plenty of entrepreneurs that are not risk averse, but overall, I think we tend to be risk averse. So let's get something out of the way here. If you want to make major sweeping changes in your life, then you've got to be ready to look like a damn fool. I'm just going to say it like it is. Anytime someone takes on a new task, they're probably going to look a little silly, a little gangly, a little awkward. Imagine the baby deer being born for the first time when it goes, comes flopping out of the mom and it's got to stand up right away, right? The wolves are at the door, right? Does it worry about what it looks like when it's all wobbly and its legs are going all over the place? No, no, it makes mistakes until it learns to walk you're going to make dumb mistakes. Everything about those mistakes might scream, amateur, amateur, amateur. So what? It's part of the process. When you learn to walk, I guarantee you're going to be terrible at it. When you learned to walk, I guarantee you were terrible at it. Actually, my my, uh, youngest daughter, when she first learned to walk, before she got up into the crawling mode, she would roll everywhere. She would roll, right? Just roll over and over and over again. And when she would roll, she would, because of the rolling, she was doing like this arc. She wasn't rolling in a straight line. She was rolling in this arc. She would roll a little bit. And then she'd look around and get her bearings, shift her body a few degrees, and then roll some more until, and it was like this half arc, shift, half arc, shift. Rather than getting up on all fours, she just learned differently. It was a little humorous. It was a little funny to watch. But she learned her way. It was unique to her. And I didn't scream amateur. And I didn't think she was terrible at it. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It was just different. You're learning to walk in your business, you know, as a metaphor. You're going to look terrible at it. You're going to fall down sometimes. You're going to cling to the furniture. You're going to roll in an arc. You're going to stop and look and get directions, right? You You might even try to stand upright and be all wobbly and feel like this little drunk person, right, having trouble walking in a straight direction. Sometimes you're just going to be so damn tired of falling and failing and getting feedback, as Tracy says, you're going to go right back to crawling or maybe rolling because at least you know how to do that. Now, imagine all that happened to you when you were a kid. And you were trying to learn to walk. And you're like, no, screw this. I'm just going to keep crawling all the time. Here you are, 36 years old, still crawling. Yeah, that's not an option, right? That's why you got up one more time. And then you fell down again. And you got up again. And you fell down again. Until you got up that one more time, then you fell down. And this is the attitude you need to take with all your new ventures, all your new tasks that are part of your goals. You might... Be somewhat clueless today, but you'll learn as you go and you'll learn and get better and you'll learn and get even better and you'll learn until finally it's like walking and breathing and chewing gum and thinking all at the same time. Feeling embarrassed and foolish is risk number one. 
it just let's own that. I'm going out in a new direction. I'm striking off on my own or whatever it may be. Yeah, feeling embarrassed and foolish, that's going to be risk number one. You're going to take it. You signed up for it. And it's simply the ego worried about what other people think. Who cares what other people think? You're following your dream. That's what matters. Now, I know there is another kind of risk, right? And it can assume all sorts of uh, shapes and forms. Things like, do you choose this person uh, or that person to do the writing? Uh, is paying for advertising going to bring in business or is it a waste of your money? Is this the right niche or is that niche too saturating? Is, is your persona over the top uh, or is it going to frighten away prospects? Here's the thing. Everything is risk, including not getting out of bed in the morning. And sometimes you just have to make big decisions and move on, right? You got to make decisions about what to do next. You'll feel like you're taking this amazingly huge risks. Other will tell you, others might even tell you, don't do that. Please pay close attention to whether or not these others have any freaking experience in what it is they're giving you advice on. If not, you might want to get some counsel from someone who does have some experience. Find someone who already done what it is you're attempting to do, like get a coach. Have I mentioned that before, right? Got two coaches right now working with, hey, there's a reason people use guides who use Sherpas to help them climb the mountains. These experts, they know the best paths. These experts sometimes will even tell you exactly where to place your feet all right, to give you the best footing. They know the places that are too dangerous and they know all the little tricks to use and the pitfalls to avoid. Look, here's the thing. Life is a risk, right? Make friends with risk. Enjoy risk. Now, don't embrace it too much, right? You feel me on this. Your business and your life aren't gambling tables in Vegas, right? They're much more important and you have to preserve your thoughtful calculation before making big decisions. But here's the thing, you have to make the decision and then embrace it. All right, last but not least, number 12, self-improvement, right? You can't read a book or engage someone as amazing as Napoleon Hill and not talk about self-improvement. Voracious readers, have a definite advantage in business because they naturally get more ideas. Yeah, think about that. How many books have you read? Hmm? I, 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 if I twist my head over here over my shoulder, I got a couple of cabinets full of books that I've read some multiple times. Finding out what has worked for others can cut your own time to success dramatically. For example, in business, what works in one niche might be very well used in an entirely different selling arena. I've mentioned this in a number of times. I have actually uh, thought this to be one of my big successes in corporate America is that while I was in one industry, like bottled soda, um, I would start looking outside that industry to find tips and techniques and ways that things were being successful um, and use that in my industry. And that's, I saw big success out of that. So things that work for 
a business in one niche might be very well and might be very useful in a completely different niche. Or someone who has some personal challenge, has the same personal challenge as you, may have found a way to turn that problem into an asset. And they can help you do the same. Improving your own skills can do wonders. Hmm? Yeah, let's be honest. Some folks think that the moment they graduated uh, school, whatever school, maybe high school, graduate school, they never have to crack open a book again. I I think these people become mosquito-ridden water, stagnant, stuck in whatever year they graduated. Often they're reflecting back to the amazing things they did in school. And they're quickly going to become obsolete. But the person who is and is always interested in and is always curious about what's new and what's working for others and what's and they're keeping up with the changes and the innovations will be well ahead of all those folks who think reading is a plague set upon those by disgruntled teachers, right? I want you to stay curious. Keep learning. Keep taking notes, grab a journal, grab a book, heck, use Audible, right? You know what? If you would read a book or listen to a single book a month, six months later, you'll you, you have no, you, you'll have done so many things. You, you have learned so many things. But if you never read a book, you're lost. Now, let me give you a, a little tip on reading books here. Have you ever read a book and then like six months later, you have no idea what it is that you read? Here's a little trick for always remembering the very best of what you read, right? Whether it's an article or a book, I want you to, well, you'll want to write down the three most important ideas or lessons in what you read. Again, we'll come back to a journal here, whatever it is, have a handy. Um, This is the information that you can use in your life in your business, in your relationships, in your finances, write it down and then reread it a couple of times, right? From your journal or wherever you wrote it down for several days. And then that information is yours for life. Also, if important, implement at least one of those ideas now or as soon as possible and start reaping the benefits of what you're reading. Now, I'll leave you with one more on top of this. It just hit me. After you had a book, you're like, wow, this is a great book. And here are the three things that I think are most important out of this. And you write it down in your journal. This this one right here, number two, I'm going to start working on this one today or tomorrow, whatever it is. Um, What I want you to do is maybe six months from now or even a year from now, right? Reread that book. I'm willing to bet you'll find two or three more new ideas out of the same book. They were there before, right? You read them. The the words didn't change in the past six months or a year. The thing was, you're further along in your journey. Now you're ready for the next new idea. The next new idea is relevant to you. They weren't relevant before, all right? So give that a shot. Oh, sorry, hanging my knuckle on the counter here. All right, there you have it. My Take on Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. While the book itself is a bit dated, the concepts 
they still work as well today as they did years ago and as they did when I was a kid and as they did when Mr. Hill originally wrote them. And while most of us are familiar with these steps, it's also true that nearly all of us can improve on at least one of these 12, probably more. So, like I mentioned earlier, you got one life. You got one shot at this life. Make it a good one, huh? How about that? All right, so you want to keep getting all these amazing success tips or course creation tips or marketing tips coming from this show. Are you getting any value out of this show? I certainly hope so. If you are, go on down there and hit that subscribe button. And not just for me, right? Here's the thing. It is those subscribes, ratings, and reviews that are your way of telling the podcast platforms that you're getting some value from this podcast and or any podcast you may be listening to, right? It's your way of sharing your opinion. It's your vote, you might say, right? So if you are getting some value, please go on down there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star rating, uh, put some kind words in the reviews, ask a question. I love questions. Make a suggestion even. I read every single one of these reviews myself and have done podcast episodes as a result of some of the information has been shared in the reviews. And here's what happens on the other side of things. When you say, hey, Mr. Podcast Platform, I like this show. Here's a rating. Here's a subscribe. Here's a review. They give us a little bump up in the, in the rankings so that we can reach more driven entrepreneurs just like yourself. So please take a moment, show the love, and help spread the word. All right. You get out there. You run your race. You get your results. And then let me hear about that. Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com. Tell me what tip or idea you came away with, how you put it into action, and what results you gain from it. Who knows? Might even bring you on the show and let you talk about your business. Until next time, think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.